0: 680 and FM 98.5, and uh, this is Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney Show. Uh, we're here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 until 10, with burgles we hope, uh, are entertaining and edifying, and uh, also we try to zero in particularly on things that have to do with where we are in the world, that is to say, the old North State, with the capital city of Raleigh and the Triangle, and uh, tonight we're going to talk about the uh, uh, a college, and it was never a university when it was in uh, in uh, Wake County. But uh, and in fact, my alma mater, Wake Forest, it was Wake Forest College the whole time I was a student in my ring. Says Wake Forest College, but it's now Wake Forest University, and it 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 moved, it went away. And uh, before I go any further with this, I have I have a little bit of a story here. I want to get our guest in tonight because he's the executive director of the Wake Forest. Historical Museum in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Uh, Ed, are you there? i here, Okay. Well, the Wake Forest Museum requires a little bit of explanation because it's uh, the it's a museum of a uh, of a, the presence of a, of a university and the founding of one and its existence there for a number of years. But it's also I, it sort of slips over into being uh, because of the close uh, relationship between the two the Museum of the Town of Wake Forest. And as I was telling you before we went on the area, and I, I, I think about when I come back from somewhere particularly west of Raleigh, I had to go to uh, to Chapel Hill to get my shots uh, the, for the vaccine. And when I drove back, I came to the bell line, and, and an arrow said, Wake Forest, this way. And I thought, it must be confusing to people who haven't lived here most or all of their lives, as I have and as you have, uh, to, to confront signs when they, if they know about the existence of Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 100 miles west of here. And so that made me, it inspired me to call you and say, Ed, it's time for us to talk again. Ed Morris uh, is the uh, aforementioned uh, director of the Wake Forest uh, uh, Historical Museum, and he once told me if I, need a shot of old gold and black, which is the color the colors of Wake Forest. And you must remember, and we we've got to underline this, people sometimes misunderstand. Old gold
1: is a color. It isn't gold that's old, it's old gold. That's right. right, it's old gold. It is it is a color all into its own, not gold. Right. And, yeah, is, yeah, and, yeah. and and Wake Forest and Wake Forest does confuse a lot of people. Uh it's amazing the number of people that moved to the town of Wake Forest. I had a lady in just a couple of days ago uh, who had recently moved here, and she thought when she was moving that she was moving to a college town. Uh, she got a big surprise after she moved in. <laughs> well, it was a college
0: town. from Well, it, it, the town itself was founded uh, after the, the, the college was founded and mostly existed to, to serve it, I think, for right. most of yeah. the years. It, it grew a little bit of, on, on its own. And, of course, since 19... 19- the 1950s, since 1956, it's been on its own. But, but I thought one of the things we could do to be of service, if nothing else, is, and also to tell a little bit of the history of the university, is to talk about uh, how that happened, and you're the man that, that we need to talk to. So I'm going to hand you, uh, uh, as P. Head Walker might have, you know who he was. Oh, uh, yes. Might have uh, might have handed you, I'm going to hand you the football and of uh, uh, the, uh, the history and, and let you, Give us a little historical background, so that that lady who's in Wake Forest and other newcomers to North Carolina will have some sense of how Wake Forest got to be in Winston-Salem. And you 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 know the story, I'm sure, uh, uh, Ed, about the uh, state legislature passing the law that Monday after Easter, which would have been yesterday, right, was the was the annual Wake Forest state bask. Uh, baseball
1: game and a state holiday and it was a state holiday because uh the news and observer uh was always run by the daniels family and and they were always stomped carolina people and the only way they had any interest in uh nc state and wake forest playing a baseball game was if both schools could lose um it generally didn't happen uh but uh the wake uh, forest state showed up. Uh, businesses closed. Uh, everyone that was anyone was at that ball game. Uh, they put extra train cars on the, the train running between Raleigh and Wake Forest to get extra people uh, to the game. Um, and it was, it was quite an event. Uh, not only a sporting event, but a social event. Um, the Daniels, uh, the News Observer said that it was a waste of time. Uh, well, between the Carolina. Alumni and the Wake Forest alumni, they held a majority in the General Assembly in those days. Um, so they, uh, or the NC State alumni, rather, and the Wake Forest alumni held a majority. So uh, they teamed up together. They passed a law that said the day after Easter was a religious holiday. Uh, all businesses and schools were closed. So uh, uh, nobody could complain about them playing a the baseball game on a holiday. Um, and, you know, even though after Wake Forest moved to Winston Salem in 1956, uh, that game was not played on Easter Monday uh, after the move. Uh, it still was, I think, 1989 before the holiday was changed from Monday to Friday in North Carolina.
0: Right. And, we, and the, one of the things that that affected was that in most states, uh, uh, Friday is like, well, it would be the holiday, but in North Carolina, it was Monday. It was Monday. Uh, in
1: North Carolina and England. England celebrates Easter Monday as well. I, I think they still do.
0: I, I do want to mention, you mentioned the train, and I, I I never had thought about that. But, you know, guys at Wake Forest uh, would get on the train and ride to Raleigh to, to date the uh, various girls, uh, and there weren't many girls at, at state then, but... Uh, but uh, Peace ladies and St. Mary's ladies and so on, and, and, and then get on the train and ride back. Uh, there weren't as many cars in those days as there
1: are now. No, that's true. And uh, Meredith was still in downtown Raleigh, so uh, when you got off the train, you didn't have too far to go to uh, uh, to meet up with your date in downtown Raleigh from your Meredith girl or the Peace girl. Um, and a lot of, and of course, there were no women in Wake Forest, uh, until 1942, either. So uh, they had to, they had to come into Raleigh to uh, to find a, a lady friend.
0: I, I we are not even getting to the subject we said we were going to talk about. But do you know what lady has the has the crown as being
1: the first female at uh, at uh, Wake Forest? Well, if you go back to 1888, it was Eva Bell Simmons. But I'm not sure who was the first one in the 1940s. But I'm guessing you do.
0: Uh, I I I had a chemistry professor uh, w- my freshman year at Wake Forest. and I can't remember his name right now, but I think one of his daughters may have been. He was, uh, and it was because of the war that they were taking women. Right. And then, yep. And uh, the dean, Daniel Bunyan Bryan, I think his daughter may have been one of the first. Oh,
1: okay, uh, yes. Well, we know her well, so she may she may well have been about the first to enroll. Probably. Well, I think good.
0: her. Her uh, husband has been uh, Dr. Owen, I think, has been on the board of trustees, I think, mm-hmm. and and her grand, uh, Dr. Dean blind's granddaughter was in my class, and she oh, okay. was married to Charles Taylor.
1: You may know that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. All the professors, uh, uh, their families tended to intermarry for uh, for generations. Well, it's, it's it's kind of a family affair, you know. It's. Uh, there's
0: been a lot of talk in the last two or three days about the, the the athletic family at Chapel Hill and Wake Forest had a family affair. In fact when I went to my, when I went to my scholarship interview my when I was in high school at Wake Forest, uh, there were 30 people that were there the week I was there and I was the only one that didn't have a Wake Forest connection. That is, either your parent or your grandparent or somebody in your family had not
1: gone there. That's course, right. Nobody in my family had gone to college, so that's sort of <laughs> there are uh, there are several families that I'm uh, well aware of and and uh, connected to through the museum uh, that are six and seven generations uh, Wake Forest. Uh, some of them going all the way back to the 1850s, uh, with every generation having been to Wake Forest uh, since you know for uh, 160, 170 years now. Uh, so it's, I guess it's like uh, schools. Carolina would probably have a lot of the same, same lines that if if grandpa went to wait to uh, wait for us, then you know, son and grandson have to go, or uh, granddaughter has to go. So uh. some good stories
0: in that. Well, we have uh, we always have a lot of fun talking. We need to take a break now. and I'm going to do a, a radio tease here. Okay, and that is when we come back. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the the museum and its existence in a COVID world, uh, because you've been you you had to close down like other people, and you've been reopening and sort of what uh, what the, the, the situation is there, and so some some of the basic things people can see in the museum and the Calvin Jones House and all that stuff. Right after we come back, and we're talking with Dan Morris, the director of the Wake Forest. Historical Museum in Wake Forest, North Carolina, reflecting Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, also. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. 21 at WPPS, I'm Kearney with Ed Morris, the director of the Wake Forest Historical Museum, which covers Wake Forest University when it existed in Eastern North Carolina, and indeed even now some too, and the town that grew up around it, Wake Forest, in northern Wake County. And uh, Ed, are you there? I'm here, Tom. Um, John Sauter, our producer, we always have a little conference here in each break, and he was telling me that yeah, there's a reason for talking about this, that you you were talking about uh, the late Horace Bones McKinney and his time when he had to wear a seatbelt on, on, the, on the bench at the
1: basketball games. That's right, yes. He had a seatbelt fastened to a metal folding chair because there was a, a ruling uh, made in the ACC largely because of Bones um, that uh, if a coach could not get out of his seat except uh, for an official timeout, uh, and Bonds was notorious for jumping out and running out onto the floor, uh, so he had a seatbelt put onto his metal folding chair, and when he jumped up, chair went with him, so technically he was not out of his seat. Well, I was telling John that the best end
0: of that story is is the end of of putting him in the seat because I, you may remember this guy. You're a little bit younger than I am, but uh, the referee was a guy named Lou Bellow, who oh, yeah. was who was a real clown. He was. He was a great referee, and you couldn't get away with the stuff he did if he weren't good. You know, he wouldn't have been tolerated. But he it was worth going to the game just to see him referee the game, and I and I. I have done it for that, that very reason, but we we won't stray over and talk about Lou tonight. We'll wait to a night when Tony Rigsby's be here because he knew Lou well also, and so on. But uh, but that that uh, before we go and talk about your your museum and when it's opened and closed, I told you I had a couple of questions that I wanted to ask about people that might visit uh, the town of Wake Forest, will, will be their alumni or people that are just curious about the campus and the buildings and what happened to it, and and, uh, and if the sports facility still existed, uh, the football field, I'm pretty sure it does exist, and I think it's used by uh, public schools Wake Forest, High School, and so on, but what about Gore Gym, I think, which is where Wake Forest played his uh, games to about 4,000 people or something like That's that. That's right, yes. Well.
1: Uh, Gore Gym is now known as the Ledford Center, and it is on the Southeastern Seminary's campus. uh, And it is uh, the upper level, the gym level, is almost exactly as it was uh, when Wake Forest was there in the 1940s and 50s. Uh, That building was dedicated in 1939, and it was the largest basketball arena in the state of North Carolina uh, when it was dedicated. And it would seat a whopping 3,500 people and they usually had a few more hundred standing up around the edges. Uh, there were no fire codes, so uh, as many as you could pack in, uh, you could pack in. Um, and it was, it was an exciting place. The, uh, the seating was roll-out bleachers, and they literally came within just a couple of feet of the sidelines. Uh, the fraternity boys at Wake Forest would be sure that they had the front seat, so their feet were right down on the floor. And when an opposing player would uh, be on the sidelines for uh, a sidelines inbound pass, uh, one of the fraternity guys would reach out and pull the hair on the back of his leg. <laughs> uh,
0: right, we sad. don't have. <laughs> it's too bad that Dickie Hemrick is not still with us. We could we could invite him to talk about it. And I think uh, one of the players on the '50s teams, uh, Jack Murdoch, still lives in Raleigh and He was still here a
1: while ago. Yep, Jack, Jack is still in Raleigh on Mordecai Drive. He's a good friend of the museum, uh, and he's he's Wake Forest through and through. He actually has a little museum all of his own in his house.
0: Well, they, you know, it's interesting if you. I have a Wake Forest hat that I wear, and I, I went and I can't remember this guy's name. He used to teach chemistry at NC State, but he. Uh, I went to. I, was making my Saturday tour of bookstores, and I went to uh, the Reader's Corner, and then I'm trying to think of uh, Quail Ridge books. I went there, and he he we kept running into each other. And uh, uh, I knew he'd gone to Wake Forest, but I'd never had a conference with him. But because I identified myself with my cap, uh, we, we ended up having a really nice talk, and he had played just before Jackie Murdoch
1: was there. Yeah, that's a, a lot of a lot of great folks uh, went through Wake Forest when it was in Wake Forest, and, and uh, you know, they, they're loyal to the school in Winston-Salem, but their heart's still uh, right here in Wake County.
0: Ah, yes, and, and
1: we we won't, we won't go off with him right now, but, we'll, but, of
0: course, probably the most famous one of them is a the guy named Arnold Palmer, and uh, uh, but there are lots of good stories there. But let's talk about your museum and how much it's been open, and, and I think you mentioned that it, you're sort of, in a stage of reopening now as of about three weeks ago
1: right yes well we we uh gave it a shot back in the fall we opened when the governor loosened things up a bit uh in the fall we uh, we opened for uh several weeks about six weeks we had a uh, Smithsonian traveling exhibit that was there uh it had been planned for over two years um and we were limited, with letting people in very, on a very limited basis to see the Smithsonian exhibit, it went fairly slowly. The visitation was, just as all museums were uh, back in the fall, kind of slow. Um, we got to the holidays, and we decided we closed down through the holiday period, and we look at the first of year about reopening, and lo and behold, uh, the director of the museum, uh, that would be me, uh, came down with COVID, uh, and since staff, very small staff, had been in my presence, Uh, we were all quarantined, Uh, so the museum shut down again, Um, and we didn't reopen until about three weeks ago. Uh, We uh, are not scheduling any groups, so no school groups or church groups or uh, civic groups like we normally have, but uh, we are open to the public, and we've had a pretty good, steady walk-through crowd. Uh, We've changed our hours a little bit. Tuesday through Friday from 9 until 4 Um, that is you need to be in the door by 4 in order to tour because uh, I used to we would let people in right up to the last minute but every day at the end of the day we go through a cleaning protocol so that when we open up the next morning all the door handles and restrooms and everything else uh, has been sanitized so Uh, It takes us a little while to do that in the afternoon, so uh, uh, that's our protocol. Uh, We've had a steady stream of of visitors, as I said. Uh, A lot of people have moved into town uh, since COVID started, so they're interested in learning a little bit about the place where they've moved. Uh, We're getting a few people that are visiting a family from out of state. Uh, They always like to come into the museum. And as you have said, uh, we do do the history of Wake Forest when it was in the town of Wake Forest. Plus, uh, we bring it all up to to current times a little bit as well. Um, Wake Forest was here from 1834 until 1956, so 122 years if you need to do some quick math. So there's 122 years of history of the college here in Wake County.
0: Mm -hmm. Let me stop you for a moment. We have about 30 seconds before we have to exit the news. Is there a date planned, as there often is in the spring, for folks from the new campus to come visit the old campus, or is that something that happens in the fall?
1: Well, that usually happens in the spring. You're correct. That has always been our uh, plan. Every spring we have what we call the trek to the old campus. Uh, It was canceled last year because of COVID, and it is canceled this year. Uh, we hope that maybe by next spring we'll be able yeah. to hold it. And we do have a fall event coming up.
0: Okay, hold on. We'll, we'll pick that up right after we take the news, okay? okay? Tom Kearney here. The point in our broadcast, about the halfway point that we usually do a little, do a little promoing. we had a having a good show tonight. Uh, we're talking about the history of Wake Forest, uh, University, College, and Town. Uh, tomorrow night is going to be a nostalgia night, and we haven't quite decided what to do there. But the important thing is this is a chance for us to uh, announce the subject and have open phones and invite you to join us and help us make the program. That's tomorrow night on the, the Tom Kearney Show. On, uh, uh, let's see, on uh, Thursday night, uh, Robert Payne is going to talk about a new book that he has about the place names on the Outer Banks. Uh, Gazetteer is what the book is. And we hope you will join us for that, particularly if you spend some time on the coast. And uh, Friday night will be Friday night trivia night. Dr. Mike Walden will be here for his visit to talk about the economy next Monday night. Uh, We're talking to the the director of the Wake Forest Historical Museum tonight, which is located in the town of Wake Forest. and it uh, celebrates the history of Wake Forest University, which moved themselves from from the town of Wake Forest to Winston-Salem in 1956. And we're rehearsing a little bit of the history of that because of all the signs on the highways around the, this part of the world that makes it uh, maybe a little confusing as to where Wake Forest really is. It's, it's two or three places, as a matter of fact. And the person who knows about it is Ed Morris. Ed, you were talking about the the annual, I think, spring... Uh, time with the, the track from the new campus to the old campus, uh, not many college students have two campuses that they can go to.
1: That's true, Tom. It's, uh, it, it, we're a little unusual now. Uh, Duke uh, was Trinity, was in Randolph County in the early days, but uh, there's nothing left in Trinity of Duke, so they don't really have any place to go home to. Uh, when you come back uh, to Wake Forest, if you're a, a Wake Forest University alum and, and know Winston-Salem uh, as home, uh, you come to the town of Wake Forest and you find a campus that looks strangely like the one that you know in Winston-Salem. The Wake Forest campus uh, that uh, people know today in the town of Winston-Salem uh, was built to resemble uh, the ar- architecture and style buildings and the, the uh overall layout of the campus to be very much like what they were leaving behind here in the town of Wake Forest. Uh, Today, of course, that campus is the home of the Southeastern Baptist uh, Theological Seminary, Uh, but our museum is just a block or so up the street, and uh, we're also on what used to be the the, uh, campus's athletic field. So uh, uh, now is the home of the Calvin Jones House and the the Wake Forest Historical Museum. The Calvin Jones House is also known as the birthplace of Wake Forest College. Um, And uh, it's it's just a a wonderful place for people that uh, love the town of Wake Forest or love Wake Forest College or just uh, history in general to visit.
0: I think Wake Forest was the first, uh, I remember the history, it opened in 1834 and it was the, it turned out to be the first four-year denominational college in the South, if I remember correctly. And, right,
1: but it was followed very quickly by a number of others, including uh, three others in North Carolina: Trinity, which became Duke; uh, Spring Garden uh, College, which became uh, Guilford College; uh, and then uh, Davidson, which uh, the Presbyterians opened out near Charlotte, uh, and it's still Davidson. So Davidson and Wake Forest of the four are the only two that kept their name for a couple of centuries.
0: Uh, Ed, do you have maps where you know if I came uh, and I got a map where I could get an idea of uh, with the buildings that are there now, the ones that were there when the uh, the college was in its heyday. And I know uh, your your uh, the Calvin Jones House and I think your building are on North Main Street, and
1: there's some right. really nice old homes there. Yes, it's a beautiful street, you're lined with with beautiful old homes. Uh, and, yes, we have maps of the town. We have maps of the campus. Uh, we also have maps of the campus the way it, uh, it looked uh, when Wake Forest was there, what buildings were there. But uh, it has not changed a great deal. Uh, Southeastern uh, took a couple of buildings down when they first acquired the campus in the 1950s, uh, and they've added a couple of new buildings. But by and large, the buildings are all, all still there. They're still intact, still used. Uh, beautifully maintained, and uh, it, you know the, the campus is lined with the magnolias that uh, Wake Forest, both town and university, uh, are known for. Um, I have read, it, of
0: course, and, uh, and I think it was true that during World War II, a very famous actor, not, not yet known as an actor, a guy named Carol O'Connor, was assigned to, to, to Wake Forest or was able to go there he was there about a year, and he, and when he reports on his service at Wake Forest College, it usually includes the name of a few pool halls and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. or, or there are, let's call them them uh, places like recreational centers and sandwich shops and places that students would have people 70 years ago still existence in
1: the town. Well, Shorty's Hot Dogs is where Carol O'Connor uh, said in uh, an interview shortly before his death, and people might... Uh, not recognize the name Carol Connor, but they would, Archie Bunker, uh, which is the character he played. Uh, and also he was in a couple of other uh, uh, programs that were popular after that, uh, NYPD Blue and a few others. Uh, in the, heat, in the, of the night, heat of the Night, I think he was in that. Yep. Uh, but uh, Carol O'Connor flunked out of Wake Forest, and he credited, he was asked about regrets in life, and he said that uh, uh, not finishing college was his greatest regret. Uh, and the reason he didn't was he spent all of his time at Shorty's playing pool and eating hot dogs. And, uh, of course, Shorty's is a fixture in the town of Wake Forest. It opened in 1916, and it's still going strong, and they still serve great hot dogs.
0: I'm always looking for a good hot dog now, and you've, got my, you've piqued my interest now.
1: Well, you um, might just have to take a, uh, a quick ride out to Wake Forest one day and will get us a Shorty's hot dog.
0: Well, I, I will have to do that. I used to go... Occasionally, uh, when I when I worked on Saturday, I used to get off WPTF. I would get off at noon, and I was uh, in North Raleigh, so I was halfway to way far, And so I would go. I got my hot dogs then at Hardy's but I used to go sit on the campus and contemplate what life must have been like there in the you know in the 30s and 40s. And, right, and uh, when when it was becoming a really great university. My, my favorite Wake Forest person other than Arnold Palmer is a man named Wilbur J. Cash. Do you know about
1: him? Yes, W.J. Cash wrote Mind of the South. Uh, it was published in 1941, and it's still in publication today, uh, 80 years after the fact. Uh, it's uh, considered to be a uh, major work on southern, the southern mind. and uh, sort of expels the myth about the... Uh, uh, the Redneck Southerner.
0: Right, I've recommended some of the uh, things that uh, Cash concluded or have been called into question. But he was a, a remarkably good writer, and it's uh, it's fun. It's all, some parts of it are almost poetic. And uh, you say, it was it's the only book he ever wrote, and it was published in 1941. In fact, he he was. Uh, uh, a little paranoid and he ended up committing suicide not yep.
1: long after that. Right. But uh, it's an inter- a very interesting story. So, yes, yeah, uh, uh, interesting. We've got uh, one of our exhibits in the museum is on uh, all the people who have uh, contributed to American literature, uh, and they range from uh, cash and uh, uh, Harold T.P. Hayes, who was the editor of Esquire magazine, uh, to Maya Angelou, who, of course, was a Wake Forest professor for 30 years. Is, uh, uh,
0: I'm trying to think of the guy, John Charles McNeil. Is he a, he's a Wake Forest person, isn't he? He is
1: a poet laureate of North Carolina and a uh, very colorful poet of the, the early 20th century. Uh, and just like Cash, uh, committed suicide. Well, um,
0: well and, and another one, Archie Ammons, I think, is a way Forest guy. He was yes, a he is. nationally known poet who died recently, as a matter of fact.
1: Archie was a, a great poet uh, and has a number of wonderful books of poetry. Uh, also, he was a, a great contemporary artist, and the museum actually has some of his artwork as well. Uh, not only are we a history museum, but we have, a, we have quite a few uh, pieces of art, and... Uh, a large portrait collection. We have uh, of 40 or 50-some portraits uh, of primarily people associated with the college and a few associated with the town. Uh, but uh, we try to, to broaden our perspective so that we have a little something to appeal to everyone.
0: So you're open, what is it, every day but Monday, and you, you are prepared in the, for the proper protocols, so if someone wanted to come visit, they could could come comfortably. They could come
1: comfortably. They don't need an appointment. They're welcome to walk in Tuesday through Friday. Uh, we require, we require uh, they wear a mask when they're in the museum. Uh, we also uh, will give them a guided tour of the historic house if they so desire. Uh, that's an optional uh, part, and they're free to walk through the museum at their own leisure. You uh, Anytime, take as much time as they'd like, or if they want to come in for just a quick look around, they're welcome to do that as well. Um, I was going to tell you before our our last break that uh, we are planning a fall event, and that will be our first, hopefully, in-person event since uh, the pandemic began. Uh, And we will have Mary Tribble uh, there talking about her latest book, which has just been published, and it is on Sally Miriam Waite, who was the wife of Samuel Waite. Now, uh, Tom, you'll re- recognize the name Tribble. I bet uh, Harold Tribble was president when you started at Wake Forest. Indeed, uh, indeed, uh, he was. Before well, I Harold, was gonna ask you. Harold Tribble was Mary's uncle. Uh, Mary happens to be my boss. Uh, but not only that, she is the great, great, great granddaughter of Samuel Wake who was the founding president of Wake Forest so she has you, you were just
0: what we were talking about earlier about the the family you know it's
1: uh... right but uh, in October when we when we uh, gather in October uh, for our annual meeting of the birthplace society which is our founding organization uh, Mary will talk about her book and sign her book and we will also have uh, Professor Jenny Puckett there that day and uh, Jenny recently published a book uh, that came out early uh, in the days of the pandemic, so it's been out a little over a year, uh, called Thine Ancient Days, and it takes the history of Wake Forest from before its founding, from the founding of the Southern Baptist Convention in 1828, uh, which was founded for the purpose of educating young men for the ministry, and brings it up to the move to Winston-Salem in 1956. And it is a not only a fine history book, it is a beautiful book. It is uh, an oversized book full of illustrations.
0: It's kind of the ultimate coffee table book, at the least the way I understand it. It is indeed. And we
1: have those for sale at the museum, too. So uh, we're uh, uh, pleased to be able to offer those. Uh, during the pandemic, when we were closed, I was selling them off of my front porch. Uh, I felt like sort of a... a, a I was selling drugs or something illicitly because people would pull up in a car to my front door and I'd hand them a package and they'd drive off. <laughs> well,
0: you, well you, you, this has happened to you and then we need to take a break. You know, I used to meet my guests out front and I met you out front of the, of the WPTF building because it was easier for us to get in that way. But I, I always said it we, we always looked like we were making some kind of deal out of the truck of my car. And, that's right. We're doing. His name is Ed Morris. He is uh, a, uh, uh, I was going to say, I, I was going to get it tangled up in the fact that you uh, didn't actually go to Wake Forest
1: yourself, but most of the other people in your family did. And you right. went to uh, our my, sister- my wife and my son and my money all went to Wake Forest. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I believe you went to our uh, sister school, Campbell, didn't you? I did. you got a good memory. I went to Campbell and also uh, AMC State as well. And uh, he is, uh, for you North Carolinians
0: who are wondering where his connections are, he is, unless I forget, from Wilson County, North Carolina. Correct. He knows, he knows where Lukama is, that, uh, so uh, that, that will answer that question. We'll come back and give him about ten more minutes to talk about Wake Forest right after this. Ed Morris, are you there? John, have we lost it? No, I'm here. Oh, there you go. Okay. I gave you a wrong number. We had talked uh, too long, and we're having too much fun. We've only got about five minutes left here. So uh, uh, is there anything that you want to talk about, or you want to input some new new thing that you've acquired or
1: or, or about to do or something? Well, uh, you? I, I, you asked me before we went on the air about anything we had new. Of course, well, we try to get something new all the time, uh, and people walk in, and they're not quite sure what it is because we, we kind of have the same displays, when we change out artifacts. Uh, but a lot of people that are familiar with Wake Forest history uh, know uh, Arnold Palmer. Uh, the golf coach when Arnold was there, uh, his name was uh, Johnny Johnson. And just last week, Johnny Johnson's son, uh, Clyde Johnson, who's a golf course architect, came to town. Uh, gave me a call, and we met up, and he bought me a very special artifact that's not yet on display. We've got to do a little cleanup and restoration work on it. Uh, but it is the very first trophy that Arnold Palmer ever won as a golfer. Uh, and when Arnold left uh, Wake Forest, when his best friend and fellow golfer, Buddy Warsham was killed in an automobile accident to go back to with the body on the train to Pennsylvania, Uh, Arnold gave the trophy uh, to his golf coach, and the coach's family has kept it all those years, uh, and now it's at the museum. So, uh, you know, we get little surprises and prizes all the time that we're proud of. Uh, That goes with our collection of Arnold Palmer uh, items eventually. We already have a number of things that were Arnold's on display. Uh, But that's just one of the new little interesting tidbits that we've gotten recently.
0: Well, you know that's a good uh, stories about people like Arnold Palmer uh, 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 we're gonna have one time when you and I do this we're gonna have to talk name the famous people or the you know people the people would recognize like Carol O'Connor and perhaps Wilbur Cash but but Arnold was there as a student I think in the late 40s spilling over into the 50s I don't know if he graduated you may know that but I think he came to wake Forest with buddy Warsham and that his buddy was 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 out front, if you know what I That's mean.
1: That's right. Uh, buddy was actually the recruited golfer, the the one that was uh, recruited for the golf team at Wake Forest. And Wake Forest has always had a great golf program. Uh, but Warsham uh, said that the only way he'd come to Wake Forest is his high school buddy, uh, Arnold Palmer, also could come and get a scholarship. And of course, they uh, they gave Arnold one. Uh, Warsham was tragically killed in an automobile accident, uh, hit the Neuse River Bridge, and uh, was killed. Uh, Arnold was, was just devastated by, uh, by Warsham's death and uh, actually left school for two years, joined the Coast Guard uh, for two years before he came back to Wake Forest. Uh, so he was actually at the school from 1947 to 1955, so it stretched out over a pretty good long period of time. Uh, with that gap that was there in the middle, and
0: I believe, and we, we we were down to about a minute now. I'm just since you and I are not in the same room, I'm just coaching you in terms of time. But um, I believe he established a scholarship in 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 Buddy Worsham's behalf. That really was one of the things that became the basis, along with his play, for Wade Forest's outstanding golfing program.
1: That's true, absolutely, and uh, and you know he Arnold uh, during his lifetime was. off program there. Uh, he also was a great friend of the museum. He had his 75th birthday uh, at our museum uh, back a number of years ago. Of course, he passed away about three years ago. Well, uh, he's always there. My wife likes to buy this
0: tea in cans that is called uh, Long Island Iced Tea. You know what I'm talking about. It has a picture <laughs> of him on the outside. Oh, I iced tea. I, I oh, no. I'm
1: an Iced Tea fan, but I can't say I'm an Iced Tea fan of that. But <laughs> But it,
0: it, it's the picture, uh, she usually drinks all of it, but it reminds me uh, reminds me of him. Uh, thanks for, for the shot of Old Golden Black tonight, and uh, I'm going to call you after we're off the air and we'll talk for a minute. But I wanna, thanks for being with us tonight. Ed Morris is the director of the Wake Forest Historic Museum that reflects on the history of the town of Wake Forest and the University of Wake Forest just north of Raleigh.